Hi, Andrew. Thanks, hey, Al. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Every day is the same, but it's not like a bad day, is it? You know? Um, good. Good. You look like you're you're you look like you're in hiding. Yeah, I mean, I've got an Area 51 thing going on. I look like I'm being streamed from Battler, but I think is it all that's the effect. Are you? Are you? Um. So you're in the. You call it the dojo, right? Not the man cave. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's probably more appropriately referred. It would be more of a man cave. Um, I think a dojo is more of a spiritual um, place, and this is less spiritual than maybe it it could be. Um, yeah. No, it's just. It's just. Yeah. It's the garage be behind my brother's house, and it's my office, and you know where I keep all my uh, stuff that I can't keep at home. You know. Oh, so you just like uh, what well, you got? Some records and some. Records, books, um, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just detritus, um, you know, just buildup um, that I just, you know, I got paintings from my mom, I got, I got a lot of art from, from friends and posters from fans and stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's my, yeah, there's um, just different artwork and stuff. Um, that's a, that's a photograph of the inside of an old train uh, engine. Uh, something. Um, yeah, here's a guitar that I've recently purchased, um, which um, still don't know how to even tune, but <laughs> yeah, baby steps. Um, yeah. Welcome to Rough Trade Cribs. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> Rough Cribs. <laughs> so does like does Tom come in and bother you a lot, or are you left to your own devices? Well, Jamie, Jamie, my manager, comes in a lot and. Um, she's actually always there. Sometimes I don't even know she's there. I turn around and there she is. Um, yeah. Only you can see her. I didn't see anyone there, man. I think you need to have a word with yourself. Is she, the, is she not there? I don't have a Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear nope. that? Nope. Um, yeah, no, no, it's an open door policy. Even when I shut the door, it seems to be an open door policy, which is, which is good. <laughs> anyway. So is this um, is this how you've been? Where you've been living a lot of lockdown? I mean, what, what's a typical day like yep. for Matt Berninger? Oh, uh, a typical day, a really good day is is a um, go on a bike ride, um, and then you know get my daughter all cooking with Zoom school, and then I'll come here and work for a little while, and um, and and yeah, um, I, yeah, it's been it's a lot of the days have been the same. Um, a lot and and but they've been mostly really good so you know i mean i'm 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 overwhelmed with anxiety like everyone else you know and and uh and and you know very nervous um and depressed you know i mean just but but i managed you know yeah what managed to uh to uh kind of get through it day to day you know i mean yeah trying to trying to be positive I, i'm lucky that i have like um, you know, just, I can, I can get outside a lot around here in California and, um, and that's what I, I try to do that, try to get outside as much as possible, just maybe even if it's just the backyard. And yeah, well, you, you sound busy, but what people need to know is that, um, Serpentine prison, serp I always say, I always ask you this, Serpentine, right? I don't even know what, how to pronounce that word. I, that's what we say in Cincinnati, there's the Serpentine wall, there's Serpentine, but um, yeah, um, I think serpentine is also is uh, equally correct. So um, whatever you want. Yeah. But so yeah, you say you've been busy. But what people need to know is that serpentine prison was um, completed long before the world fell apart, right? 
Well, the world was the world was kind of falling apart. <laughs> it had been falling apart for a little while. So, um, but yeah, be, way before pandemic, way before the COVID. Um, and so, um, yeah, I won't I won't pretend that that uh, you know this record is is perfect for the, this time or anything <laughs> like that because it was had no anticipation of of the situation we'd be in now. Um, however, you know, it was very much written, uh, you know, within the American uh, situation of Donald Trump being our president and, and all of that, even though there's really no reference to that stuff. Um, but I do think all of that stuff very much, uh, you know, affected the record. And, and, and so I think that's, yeah, I mean, but, but no, COVID was not a part of the equation at all um, by the time I had finished this record. Yeah, so the record was just marinated in doom. <laughs> it's been marinated. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I've been processing. I think we've all been processing uh, like so much, um, you know, a, a trauma for a long time. I mean, I talked to my dad, and and and, and you know, and he talks in, in in you know, we talked about my grandfather and talk about the traumas that they went through. You know, depression, and then the you know, Vietnam or Korean War, and Vietnam, and all that stuff. In in. All those things so there is you know there is a sense of perspective but but even my dad says this is this is more extreme this is more intense and even my grandfather said it when 9 11 happened he said you know uh pearl harbor was nothing like this you know pearl harbor was a military island and 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 so i do think even even you know the generations um older than than i am are, are recognizing that 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 america is really 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 um been been through some 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 traumas that are are um shocking you know and, and we've been shocking to america um you know and and um so people are processing that i do think there's an awareness a true a better aware self-awareness of what we are and our and our sins and our history and all that than ever before uh yeah so i'm kind of I'm, I'm optimistic that the curtain is being pulled back in the you know the real the real wounds and the real sickness can now maybe start to be looked at honestly and healed so you know i'm i'm trying to focus on that not in the next few weeks or months or anything you know yeah well it's interesting because um obviously the national are often used in the same sentence as certain types of politics and because of how you've your behavior and being associated with like obama and things like that but you you, I mean, you've said that you, you aren't an overtly political band and your songs are a different kind of politics. They're more about applying humanity to the, to the problem. I think we're all political people and everybody that, that we've always, you know, the whole, the national and, and, and our whole network of artists are all um, politically engaged and, 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 and we talk about it a lot. But as, as far as, the, you know, the guys in the band, we don't get it. I mean, we're never in the room in the studio um, deciding to, to, to um, you know, talk, we don't ever think of ourselves, talk of ourselves as like a political thing or a political band. I mean, I write about things um, that, and, and we do things for, for campaigns and we do get asked to, to, you know, and we, you know, it was, we have met presidents, we have, and that's been an honor. And yeah, we're all, we're all progressive um, lefty liberal guys from Ohio. Um, but we never think of ourselves as a political band. You know, the nationals never thought of ourselves from the beginning and now even in, you know, sometimes you want to take, get, get rid of that. You know, I don't, I don't want that band. I don't want my art to be, um, you know, something that's, uh, I just want it to be art and, and, and uh, but 
what I do with what I do with my art, what I do with my time, um, you know, um, it can be political, you know. And like I've, I've said so many times that like I think I think love songs are more political than sort of topical songs anyway. You know, em songs about empathy and songs about honesty, I think, are, are a much better way to to connect with with people unlike yourself than you know I don't know soapbox soapbox songs or something that those never there's never really quite worked on me it's the um it's the love songs and stuff that that I think are always uh how people connect hmm. well let, let's talk about those love songs because um this record was born out of an attempt to make a covers album right and you were trying to kind of step walk in a lot of those shoes of kind of the, the songwriters you admire well, there were just a lot of songs I, I just wanted to, to do. I wanted to sing um, and just songs I loved. And and I had met Booker T. Jones about 12 years ago. And uh, yeah, and then when I kind of connected the dots and realized that he had produced Stardust by Willie Nelson, which is a covers album from 1978, and which was one of those ones that I grew up with and my dad's favorite record, that was when I thought, well, I should reach out to him and 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 do some covers, and and so I did. That was about a year and a half ago. I I, I reached out to him, and uh, and then after just kind of hanging out and 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 sharing covers with him, and then I had a couple of originals that I thought maybe I should put a couple of these on there too. Uh, I sent him a song called "Love So Little" and a song called "Distant Axis," written by Mike Brewer and Walter Martin, respectively, the music. And then he heard those. He's like, well, these are amazing. He really liked those. And he's like, what else do you have? And so it, it turned into a, a combination of covers and originals. And by the time we were done, we had more originals than covers and decided to make that the record. Yeah. And so, what, I mean, obviously, Booker T. Jones is a legend, but what, what would you say that he brought out of you that you've never really experienced before? Ah, I think mostly. Uh, uh, he brought out a, a calm. <laughs> he, he brought out a calm in me, which I, I uh, didn't know I had. He's he does he does. Uh, there's there's a line in the record when you walk in the room, the temperature drops, and it's a little bit about him. Meaning meaning like, just I was so filled with anxiety because I was flying everybody in and I was kind of putting everything on my credit card, and I had confidence in the songs, but I wasn't sure this whole getting flying everybody in and recording in this short amount of time in Venice, California was going to, how that was going to go. And, and, um, cause I actually hadn't, hadn't, hadn't been in a room with Booker, uh, you know, for about a decade, we'd just been, been, been emailing and talking, um, for, for, for months about the songs. And so when he showed up, um, and it was very quickly, it was like, it just it very quickly became a really comfortable place. And so every morning, like I'd be stressed out and, and, and coming in just like, you know, a little bit and, and, and he'd already be there most of the time and just getting into the room with him. It was like, okay, there's, there's someone, there's someone in charge. There's a lifeguard, you know, on duty, you know, a musical lifeguard. That's what I kind of felt like. So we were all able to like, and everybody came really prepared. Every every like the 18, 16 or 17 people that came and went, and who wrote the songs with me, everyone had really prepared. And, and so when everybody got in there, jumped in the pool, every, the, the water was perfect. And it was, it was um, yeah, he was a sort of a very, very, very focused, calming presence. Gave us a lot of confidence too, because he was, he was so confident. Yeah. 
So you were you were like what you were paying for everyone to fly. You were buying everyone lunch every day. You were paying for everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no side. <laughs> I had the plan to to someday be reimbursed, you know, by a label, um, in which did which which has happened. So, I mean, my own label, which I kind of had to start. Um, but it's I, I you know I, I started a label with the process of like making this record and Booker and I are just talking about what we should do with the record and where it should should live. Um, and you know he was he has a long history of stacks and I have a really long history with 4AD and those are both really good relationships but we kind of were like well let's do our own thing because uh, why not and um and Concord um the Concord Music Group sort of sort of bought you know gave us the most um freedom to to, to set up a, a label however we wanted to and um that was a really fun part of that whole the whole project yeah um so. So what are your plans for the label now? I mean, is this just, that, that must be a whole new world. That must be quite exciting to just have the freedom to sign who you like and be as indulgent as you like. Right now, it's just, we only have one record uh, on the label and it's this one. And so we're just putting this record out and uh, and learning how to, you know, kind of kind of, kind of figuring out our way of putting out a record. Uh, and then, yeah, we don't, Book and I, we don't really have a plans to like sign bands or sign a lot of art, but, but, it's um it's also we talked about it you know m being more than just more than like a, a record label or or not just a record label but um you know publishing and 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 uh, other things other than just you know records and and um so yeah it's it's very much just we're we're kind of like trying to build a little a little garden and uh, right now all we're doing is just like getting just the right soil you know filling it with manure you know and and, and seeds and and um but we don't really it's not we're not trying to to, to start a uh we're not gonna like a big roster of, of artists not not that kind of label i mean i don't think who knows who knows it's not gonna be like an empire no 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 yeah uh neither of us want want an empire i think we just want a place um a place to uh to do things you know kind of low pressure and uh, and on our own terms a little bit you know just um but but we want it to be a successful business we're not it, it isn't it isn't a uh you know a, a whim or or folly we've been really trying to take it slow you know uh, and, and set it up right so, so let's talk about some of the um the collaborators on this record let's start with um with mike brewer because he's kind of like yeah an unsung hero in your life. He's kind of been there from the start. Like you, your, yeah. your work with him predates the national, right? Yeah. Well, um, um, my first band, Nancy, was Mike Brewer, um, Casey Reese, and uh, Scott Devendorf and I, the four of us, and um, and that was in Cincinnati College. And Mike was the guy who's like just he was very much um, sort of the you know he was sort of the Chevy Chase. You know of, of that thing, the leader of that. The, the the he was kind of the father figure of of that band, and I was um, I kind of snuck in as is is jackass uncle, you know. Um, the <laughs> Randy. <laughs> I don't know. This is getting worse and worse. Yeah. Anyway, but so that band was was, and, and I ended up writing. I wrote wrote a lot of lyrics and and sang a bunch of those songs. And I guess because I didn't hold a guitar. I, I kind of came across as the lead singer, um, even though I, I didn't write most of the songs and we even named it after my mom. But yeah, Mike Brewer was, was Mike, those guys were like, 
the reason why I got into music. They were like, well, you should just, why don't you be in it? You know, and I'm like, well, I don't know how to do anything. And they're like, you know, so Nancy was the first band and Mike Brewer and I've been, you know, really close. We, I mean, the whole band stayed close, you know, for 25 years and, and um, Mike and I have done a lot of goofy things together, but this is the first time we kind of got back together and like, you know, let's, let's write some actual songs. And um, yeah, he's, he's a really talented, prolific guy. And it's been really fun to write with him again. And he wrote, um, Love So Little. Um, he also wrote um, on this record. What else did he write on this record? Oh, there's a there's a song called Let It Be, which is on the deluxe version, which is not a cover, which is an original that he wrote. Um, yeah, so that's Mike Brewer, yeah. Yeah. What kind of music was Nancy? Was it, was it a similar vibe to this or was it like, I understand it was quite punky, right? No, it was, um, it was, it was, it was, I guess you could say Pavement, maybe, maybe was probably the band that maybe we, we uh, emulated the most and in, um, or Guided by Voices, those two bands. Um, and so it was just like a, a lot of beer drinking, shouting, like replacements. We, we, we just, you know, it, it was a lot, a lot of just, just reckless goofing around. There's a, the songs are mostly silly, I think. Um, you know, I would even say not not like nothing like Jonathan Richmond silly, but um, but certainly um, Steve Malcolmus silly, but but not quite as well written. You know, not as <laughs> not as beautiful, not as poetic. Um, I don't know. It's funny. I haven't listened to those songs in a long time, but it was it was really fun, and, and we recorded it with a guy um, named Denny Brown from a band called Tiger Lilies, and and yeah, we played two shows, and and. Um, one in, in Casey's basement and one at a Greek restaurant that we rented out. And uh, that was it, you know, and we made a record called Ruther um, 2490 something, whatever the our address was. And um, yeah, and that was like, that was very much felt like, um, I, you know, it was kind of like I did it. I was in a rock band, you know, and that was, and then moving to New York, that band dissolved. And it wasn't till about three or four years later that, 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 that the national kind of, um, rose up to the from the ashes of that band and then Aaron and Bryce and Brian were in a band called Project Nim and that band had sort of dissolved um also also a college band so the national came together from those two bands and speaking of the bands I mean Brent Knopf's on this album right your your pal from Elvi I've said it right for the first time in my life Elvi yeah, we shouldn't. I, I'm terrible at naming bands. The National is a terrible name. Uh, Elvi is a, the, maybe even a more difficult name to remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, someone else should name name what I name these bands. Just um, then, I think Jackass Uncle would be a pretty good band name. Jackass Uncle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'd be. I'd be much more successful. But. Um, yeah, Brent's on this, and 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 Matt Sheehy, who's also um, in Elvi with us, and and um, Matt Sheehy wrote one more second with me. Uh, Brent wrote, wrote um, all for nothing, and then uh, my favorite band, like that that the National opened for, is, is the Walkmen, and just we learned so much from that band. So uh, Matt Barrick plays drums on the whole record, and 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 Walter Martin from the Walkmen. Um, you know, and then, then I, you know, Hayden Desser is, is somebody who I've been a fan of before I ever met him. Um, and, um, then it become, became good, really good friends with him about 15 or 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, he's on it. I wrote some songs with him. I wrote some songs with, um, Sean O'Brien and Harrison Whitford, um, and, and did write, do some writing with, 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 with Booker, um, 
Um, I'm trying to think who else I'm, and then I brought in a lot of people that like, that like, like uh, Kyle and Ben who play horns at the national, um, Mickey Raphael plays harmonica on Willie Nelson records and all these people's records, Andrew Bird, who I've been friends with for a long, long time. Gail Ann Dorsey was on the national record and obviously Scott um, from the national wrote uh, my eyes are t-shirt with him. Um, I feel like, is there anybody I'm, I'm forgetting about? I'm looking around. Who? Andrew Bird. Yeah. So and every, it was just kind of just, and it was just people, songs I had half cooked with friends that I just had been friends with for a long time or, you know, um, or even, you know, just a Harry I met a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, it was, it was kind of organic. It wasn't like a hand picked. It was just like, here's the stuff I have and what should I do with it, you know? Yeah, just kind of like a social club vibe. Come over, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. The national sort of works that way too. You know, it's like that's. Yeah, it's it, there. There aren't these. Um, it, it's funny. Back in New York, it was in the beginning when the national started. It was like bands were. I mean, knew each other, but they were like hill kept their secrets. You know, they was like closed the door, and Interpol was right next to us, and and you know, people. It was it was you know what you were doing. You know what TV on the radio was doing was so different than what the Strokes were doing was you know versus what Yeah Yeahs were doing and there was a real sort of like I don't want anybody coming in hearing hearing what we're doing and 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 copying it you know because everybody saw that happen to Strokes you know the Strokes just like <laughs> a month after the Strokes came out there were thirty Strokes around the world you know and uh, there was a sense of like sort of uh, holding your car hiding your cards a little bit back then not anymore that's totally gone away and i really really like that like everybody just is is kind of collaborates it was that 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 sort of uh tribalism um has dissolved i think and at least in in around the bands and the, and the musicians i've i've known over the years there's there isn't that sort of like competitive tribalism anymore which is nice yeah you talked about kind of an attack of um, strokes, copycat clones. I mean, do you ever do you ever see that like similar thing with the national? Do you ever see a band that go like, "Oh, hello, that sounds familiar," <laughs> like, do, or do you just ever hear your influence in other acts? Um, every once in a while, but I never. It's, it, I hear other people say, say, like sending stuff to say like, "Oh, these guys sound just like you," or or this sounds like. And but a lot of times when I hear it, I I, I don't recognize that, and I also. I love that, you know, it's like I, I, um, almost all the greatest bands you've ever heard of sounded like we're, we're copying somebody, you know, right at the beginning, everybody. I mean, if you listen to Dylan, like all he was doing was copying all these, you know, Odetta and, and all these people, you know, he was just, he was totally ripping everybody off, still is, still does, you know? So I think that's an important part um, of being an artist is like, yeah, where other, like, definitely, you know, I mean, we, we, the national, you know, we would never talk about what we were trying to do, but I knew you can hear, you can hear the people I, I have, have just obsessed over and it's, you know, I don't even try to, to avoid um, sounding like other artists because that's, that's all the, that's, that's, that's my, that's the paint that I've collected over the years and I just paint with it, you know, and I don't, I don't think about it too much anymore, but you know, I I I I have tried to turn off the, the accents. You know, I will find myself singing in in an accent sometimes just because it's um, it's easy 
to get into a character, you know, and um, just like, you know, Mick Jagger would sing in a, you know, American Southern accent all the time, you know, in, in a, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of great. I kind of love that, uh, you know, um, so I don't worry about my, my influences being obvious, you know. What's your best or most absurd accent? Well, I'm like actually bad at accents. Um, I, like every time I try to do any kind of accent, it sounds like the same mishmash of Australian and and um, and I don't know Irish Catholic or something. And uh, and uh, but yeah, sometimes when, 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 yeah, definitely when you're when you're singing um, and trying to get comfortable, I often will sing in a Bob Dylan accent or vibe when I'm when I'm just writing. I often sing in a in a in a Tom Petty vibe. Uh, or a Tom Waits vibe, or, or, or just uh, um, it. Sometimes you can kind of imagine yourself. When I imagine myself as Tom Petty singing a song, suddenly there's a whole different like little twinkle in in its in in in, in the vibe, and it in and it's fun to discover those things about yourself. Just like a little thing like this. It's like if I sing with a smile on, and remind myself just smile when you're singing. It'll 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 take just a little bit of that something it'll, it'll 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 change the way the song sounds and so um yeah like when, when you're in there writing or singing like you, you, your brain gets gets very mushy and you, you get to you know that's a good spot when you're a little bit disassociated with yourself you, you talked a second ago about um gathering different paints and such and what's, what's quite what's really refreshing and nice about this record is there's so many different shades and moods and tones that we've heard of the national it sounds like a Matt Burning record, it doesn't just sound like, oh, you know, this could have been a national song. It's like completely different worlds. But if you could kind of describe the character or the mood of Serpentine Prison, how how would you? I mean, uh, musically and sonically, it, it's like I said, there, there's there's ten songs on it from I think eight different people, um, and uh, when I when I was writing the songs, there wasn't, I, nobody was, I wasn't like ordering up ideas. It was just sketches that people had sent me that, that like, Hey, here's something I was working on. And, and so, um, there was, there really wasn't any discussion with anybody about what kind of record it was going to be. And when we were writing the songs, other than with Booker and Sean, when we were getting to the studio of like, how do we take all these demos that did sound very different um, from, you know, if you listen to all the demos of all the songs here, it, it sounds crazy, you know, it, it, they, they, it, but it was Booker, Booker T and, and Sean O'Brien who really um, made all these things sort of feel of, of the same, same chemistry and, and same sort of blood. They all the same blood now or the same DNA. And, um, and, and I guess we did talk about the record Stardust a lot um, in terms of like just how that sounds. And so um other ones you know i i kept talking about 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 uh, nina simone and i kept talking about um, roberta flack and just kind of just like how you can hear you know the the, fing the fingernails on the piano keys sometimes you know i love that um or the squeak of the chair um and in stardust it sounds like you know it sounds like willie nelson is like is is leaning in like this and just singing singing right like across a little across a picnic table from you, you know, or something. That's how that record sounds. And so I wanted it to feel like that, but that was about as much as we talked about it. You know, it was kind of like the song Booker and Sean, like the songs had their own 
had their own sort of personalities and those guys were able to sort of like just follow the song um a lot and that was and just having booker's confidence to like know 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 where to follow a song and know where to lead a song um was really great yeah and unless we're all living in underground caves next year have you got hopes to uh to tour this record yeah uh, i want to i mean um as many of the people um who worked on it who can squeeze in a van <laughs> you know um um i definitely want to want to tour um with this record and i've been doing a lot of those songs like you just saw i just i've been doing a lot of those songs live um with like Harry Whitford and Sean were there, but 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 people like like Ron Boy, who's uh, who I sang with, who sang on that song you saw, um, and Sterling Laws on drums, and and all these other you know Phil Cronenberg played keys on that, um, and uh, who else? Garrett Lang was on that. Those are all people um, that are are just also friends here in L.A. That um, until touring it happens and there's safe touring um I'll, I'll keep trying to do as many little things as possible that's what's nice everybody's like trying to figure out how to help each other you know um and if you can't travel and you can't do what you normally do um artists and venues and and all these people are, are, are trying to um you know reinvent a, a, a model that's going to help us through it Hi, um, I myself out okay hold on yeah yeah down. okay great oh sorry uh that was my wife she just got locked out uh, <laughs> If you need to go help, that's cool. We can work. No, no, Jamie's got it. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie helped. Um, 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 yeah, we live. I also, I live, I live a few blocks away. Um, and um, yeah, this I'm behind Tom's house, like I said, which is nice because like anytime anybody gets locked out, we're just a block block away. Yeah, and it's cool because living on top of each other helps because you guys are working on um, loads of different projects together. You've got Cyrano de Bergerac. Mistaken for Strangers yeah. 2 and a, and a TV adaptation of that, right? Well, well the, those are Mistaken for Strangers 2 and the TV adaptation are sort of, uh, might be the same thing. Right. Um, but yeah, um, and um, yeah, we've worked on, Corinne and I have worked on about 25 songs over the past year, five years for um, Cyrano de Bergerac and Aaron and Bryce did the music for that. Um, it sounds like that's going to be a movie um with i think it only has 12 songs in the movie i'm not sure uh yeah i've been very busy and then and then i'm easy to find was this a big big concept album and um yeah um i i do i i like having a lot of projects going um it is probably one of the one of the, my problems um and i i do i think people ask me what the theme of this record is and i think i was talking to you about it it's like it's very much being a little bit burned out by too many projects. And um, well, that's the irony of it. Why did I do it then? Um, anyway, yeah. I like being busy. And so do you think you'll take on another national album next year? Or does that very much depend on all the other places you'll stay? I mean, the national, it's like we've, we, we, everybody's been doing all these projects and we're kind of in hibernation mode, you know, sort of like, uh, like, reboot mode you know which is kind of nice um um there's no plans right now for 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 doing anything um but that's that's usually when we start that's usually when things start to bubble is like you know um when there's a blank slate so you know fresh start so yeah we're 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 in in that sort of deep sleep um mode yeah 
And so you've got, you've got, so, and the National are still touring next summer as well, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, is anybody? I don't know. World events pending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can you tell us about this? Um, there's a lot of uh, fans. Um, well, hello, fans. You're all here because you're very intelligent and have great taste and a pre-ordered Serpentine Prison. So welcome. And <laughs> by all means, get your money's worth and type question. There's a box down here. I think I'm pointing at it. Or here. Or here. Get your questions in. Um, but I'm sure a lot of no prerequisite for this for this this meeting, by the way. Um, oh no, you don't feel no pressure. No pressure. I, stupid questions are more than welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> but I'm sure a lot of them might be wondering. I mean, what kind of so mistaken for strangers two? Is it like a fictionalized thing, or is it like filmed on another tour, or is it a completely different? Well, no, Tom. Tom was there for for filmed all the sessions with it, with with making this record. So he was he was there for all fourteen days. Um, and so, you know, it was there's a sort of like a making of there's a small making of film, but we're not sure if that's what we want to do. You know, another documentary. Um, and so, um, yeah, Tom's always filming everything, and and we're also kind of cooking. We've been cooking um, a a more scripted sort of thing, um, although he he and I aren't very good at, at at scripting anyway. So it's always this weird combination of, of uh, just telling the true stories with 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 um, with whatever we've got, you know. Um, and, and so that's very much the philosophy of the of the the show we're cooking. Um, so it's hard to explain. Yeah. If we were going to make a movie about the National, who would play you? Or just Matt Burning or a life story? Are we like a biopic? Like the, yeah, they yeah. did it. Like the, the, I'd, li I'd like to get Val Kilmer to reprise to come back and play me. <laughs> like he did the, I thought he did a great job with Jim Morrison. So I'll, I'll go ahead with now who would I want? Who could I, who could I have? Denzel Washington, maybe? No. Uh, uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who could play me? He's got the intensity. That was my Christopher Walken impression, everybody. Well, I don't know. It'd probably be, yeah, I don't know. It'd probably be uh, Anthony Michael Hall. I used to always, I'd love Tom Hanks. I'd, I'd love, maybe, maybe Colin Hanks. Um, oh, yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Tom Hardy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, guys, know. if any of you have any suggestions for who should play Matt in Matt the movie. Yeah. Clive Owen. <laughs> I would love Clive Owen to do it, but uh, yeah, he would never do it. He's like, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, Brian Cranston, someone suggested. I see that. Yeah, I thought um, uh, um, Kate Blanchett as Dylan was was amazing. I love that. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that um, like Tilda Swinton would make a good Bowie. I'd watch that. Oh wait, was it was it it was a Tilda Swinton? No, no, it was Kate Blanchett. I was Kate right. Blanchett. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. I think Reese Witherspoon would make a, a wonderful Matt Berninger. <laughs> There's a couple of suggestions for Jurgen Klopp. You aware of that? Who that is? I know who that is. Um, yeah, and he's uh, he's a very handsome version of me, and <laughs> very fit. <laughs> he's like me. He's like me, but healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Anyway, we could go on all day um, with that. We, I could also ask you about the rest of the band. We'll skip that. We'll skip that. And as you become like more of a polymath, are there any like anything you that you haven't done that you really want to sink your teeth into? Like, would you write a book? 
I don't think so. Actually, um, I, I have a really hard time. I don't write, I can't even write emails. You know, I just, ugh, I hate it. Um, um, so no, and I, I've had to write, I've, I've been asked to write some essays uh, for different things and that, and it, and it is, um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing like guitar, learning guitar for me. Um, I, I, it's a real, it's a real, uh, I have a weird aversion to it. And so writing prose and, and, and is, is something I was just like, I've always, in fact, in college, I even think Scott Devendorf, like there were a couple of times where I'm like, I pay, I was like, Scott, I just don't want to write this fucking paper. And like, literally like he wrote papers, one or two papers for me. Cause I just hated that kind of writing. So no, I don't think I'll ever write a book or anything like that. Um, but I do want to put books out, you know, on, on this record label. Um, I, I know so many um, incredible writers and, and just different kinds of sort of books, not, not necessarily novels or, or poetry books, but uh, I really like, I, I really like well-designed um, little uh, art books, you know, that are kind of a combination of everything. I love, I love art books and, I, and whatever that means, it's, um, I'd like to put those out, you know, I've even, I've been talking about, I also really, um, I really want to, I want to design, um, I'd rather design like some products than necessarily do anything else. You know, I, I really want to make a rocking chair. Um, I really want to, um, um, yeah, I kind of want to design like a, a, a jacket, just stuff, just stuff. I, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, I should just probably stick to what I'm doing though. Um, anyway. Is it? And do you already feel the hunger to make another solo record? Or is this going to be like a once every decade kind of thing? Uh, no, it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I'm always writing. I'm like, I'm writing, writing, writing. And, and, um, and so a lot of what I'm writing, I'm, I'm assuming it'll probably be another solo record. And, and, um, but then a lot of what I'm writing, maybe I'll take it to the national once, once we start to, you know, once we start to, to warm up again and the battery starts to, starts to get full again. Um, so yes, probably, yes. Yeah. Well, we're all here for this. If this one was amazing, bring on part, would you call it, what would you call the next solo record? Oh, I've actually had a few names for it already, which are bad. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, Did there's a song, there's a song called, um, there's a song called Kim Gordon in the Rain that I wrote, um, which I, I'm trying to see if I can get Kim Gordon on it. Um, but now I've changed that song to Pennsylvania Station. And so I keep, I change, it's fun to change titles all the time. And so, uh, and Serpentine Prison actually started with a title. You know, that title was probably the first thing I had, you know, and I was like, that's probably going to be a name of something someday and definitely a song. And, and um, so, yeah, but I don't have a title yet. Pennsylvania Station isn't a very good title, I don't think, either. And neither is Kim Gordon in the Rain. It's a good title, but it sounds sycophantic. Well, Robert Hay has just suggested the next record be called Rocking Chair. That's pretty perfect. Rocking Chair? I can't, I can't read. I'm not trying to reinforce the old dad rock thing. That's not a good, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Um, um, it's a terrible title. Um, Sorry, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, yeah, give me some titles. Is anybody, gonna, I don't know. It's fun, it's fun. like anything can start with anything. And sometimes I get like, I know, I know half of half of our songs started with a title, you know, and, and um, 
Yeah, the hardest. I remember. The, I remember it took how long it took to, to name the record Boxer. Um, took forever. I think Corinne was finally the one who was like, "That's that's the one. That's what you should call it." Um, but yeah. Amazing. Well, the great titles are coming in, but we'll get to them in part two. Um, so now we're going to. Are you, are you ready to go to the audience, Matt? Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, right. We've got some great questions. Um, I'm going to start with Michael Lilly, Michael Lilly. So, so cool they named him twice. Are there any guilty pleasures in your dojo that you hid before we started this Zoom? Guilty pleasures in my dojo? Yeah, anything you had to hide. That's oh pretty much all it is. <laughs> you want to, yeah, I'll just, I'll just give you a quick sweep around. You'll just see, if you, if you pause this, you'll just see, oh, there's Jamie again. I'm, I'm one of the guilty uh yeah every drawer every drawer in this place is filled with something i don't want anybody to know about um uh, yeah no no it's it's definitely it's it's yeah it's fun it's just uh, um just all my stuff mostly just stuff for making art you know or just making notes or 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 disconnecting and just yeah it's it's, it's a little it's a little studio yeah i think everybody should have a little den or a studio that's just their their stuff yeah and a secret drawer yeah little uh, secret garden. katie anderson suggested the record title summer loving torture party that's pretty good yeah it's already sort of copywritten <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know um what is your favorite record from this year matt that's from jordan potter um, I have to say the Run the Jewels record. I, I love that. Um, that's just so much fun. I listen to that. Um, and yeah, Phoebe Bridger's Punisher is uh, is is absolutely uh, never ending, and and it's 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 gifts. Uh, such a such a good record. Um, I I love the Idols record. I love um, I love um, the Future Islands record. I love the Fiona Apple record so much. I love I think folklore is is beautiful, is incredible. Um, oh boy, I I, I mean um, Perfume Genius. Uh, that that record has just been such a fun, joyous record. Um, yeah, there's so many. There's a ton of great records. I, I've been I've been um, listening to uh, Julian Baker just put something out yesterday that I. Um, I cannot wait to absorb. Um, that's a deep dive. All her records are such a such a deep experience. Uh, so um, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it just keeps coming. Um, forgive me if I pronounced your name wrong. Yuval Gul Ari asks, "What is your favorite R and B album?" It's a hard. Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, I don't even know. That's a that's a, that's a genre. I was actually talking to Booker about genres and R and B and everything. And um, I, I mean, uh, "Killing Me Softly" is not more of a soul record, I guess. Um, Roberta Flack's "Killing Me Softly." Um, that's a good. I mean, like, and even I mean, Booker T's Booker T. Jones and the MGs' "Melting Pot" is, is an album that I don't know if he would call it R and B or anything. I don't know what he would call it. Um, um, that's that's that, that that's those two are the ones that are just like um, I don't even know if, if that's the genre they are. Um, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I'm going to say those anyway. And now we're going to go to um, Laura Bennett asks, which national album do you feel is the most underrated? 
Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, probably our first because because it's rated so poorly, um, and it's not it's not it's pretty good. It's really it's, I actually listened. To <laughs> I listened to it a lot. Yeah, those first two records, I think, are actually a little underrated. I'll just I'll go with that. Um, um, <clears throat> I don't ever. I, I, the, the Nationals. Um, we've. It's always been. We've always been sort of. Uh, I don't know. The ratings. The rating. It's. 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 It's a funny thing. It's like we always. We would. We would get stressed about reviews, but then the next thing we know, it'd be over, and then be another record, and we get stressed about reviews again, and it'd be over, and then be another record. So we stopped. We stopped riding that mental log flume, you know, a while ago. Hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I like our first two records. <laughs> um, oh, this is a good question. Oh, I've lost it. I've lost it. Forgive me. I what can't. I just, I just memorized the question now. Um, who's your favorite kind of visual artist? And if you could be in any painting, what would it be? <laughs> well, if, I, like, the first, if, the, if the two questions go together, I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm really, really fascinated and, and been obsessed for, for a little while with uh, Sue Williams, um, um, who's actually, I think, English. I think she's English, but she drew, <laughs> she, 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 she started doing like very, like early, like stuff with like Basquiat and figurative, but then she got into sort of like very much, let me just say it, like orifices, but then like <laughs> orifices. Uh, it's abstract expressionism, but then mixed with pop art, mixed with, um, a lot of um, sort of uh, all this stuff about about our identities and sexual identities and stuff like that, and so I really love all that stuff. So I'll say Sue Williams, and but no, no pun intended. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd ever want to be represented in a, in a Sue Williams painting because all it is is buttholes and stuff, and uh, <laughs> so ugh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, if I were in a painting, um, that's a good. Maybe I, I did. I did put up our Garden of Earthly Delights uh, by Hieronymus Bosch recently, which is very, very similar in many ways, very similar to Sue Williams. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd want to be painted into that that scene. What's going on in that one? Yeah, where would you be? There's a lot going on in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be fun to I like I just there's there's the, there's a portrait of Jimmy Carter by Andy Warhol that's amazing. You know, I love I love like Andy Warhol just did portraits of everybody. It'd be fun to, to to yeah, maybe maybe Andy Warhol. Amazing. Oh, this question puts us all to shame. Here we go. Is there a question that you've always wanted to answer but never been asked? Oh my goodness. Um probably, but I would never that's a really weird question because uh, yeah, a bunch of questions just came up and I'm like, well, I still don't want to, I, I actually, no, I don't want to be asked the questions I just thought of. So no, this my answer is no. <laughs> answer's no, there's no questions that I, there are no more questions that I, that I want to be asked. I'm kidding. Um, I can't think of anything. There's a whole lot of people asking if you just got cats. I just, I, yeah, well, I, we got, I got, we got a dog, um, about a year ago and, um, and then we just got two 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 uh, rescue kittens brothers, and they're all yeah, so we've all boys. Um, yeah, I have we have a bunch of animals now. It's really I love it. I love it. I love it. I should have gotten cats and dogs a long time ago. Amazing. 
Um, bom, bom, bom. What, are you watching anything on Netflix at the moment, Matt? Well, I'm watching, it's, it's not, not on Netflix. Um, it, I've been watching, um, I really do like uh, Raised by Wolves. Um, I think that's on HBO, though. Um, and, um, oh, you know what I did watch? I really did. I love, I'm, a, I'm a big Aaron Sorkin fan, big Aaron Sorkin fan. And the, 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 the trial of the Chicago 7 um, with, with Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman and stuff, uh, I, we just, just watched that yesterday, and I thought it was awesome. It's very... Is like the best of, uh, yeah. And I really like that Aaron Sorkin directed it too. Um, he's a very particular taste, Aaron Sorkin is. Um, but um, I have that taste uh, very much. I love it, yeah. These are some great questions. That is a great film as well. Would recommend everybody watch. Um, Cecilia Gidotti asks, I think this is, she's talking about the One More Second video. Um, let's discuss those wide leg trousers. When did they enter your wardrobe? That's a great question. That is a vintage suit um, that was gifted to me um, by who gave me that to me? Turner. Um, she's a she's she's a um, a uh, stylist here, and and we we had a very tiny budget, and and um, so they, she brought some clothes for that, and she found that suit on Etsy and bought it, and so there was no returning it, uh, and so I. I uh, basically blew my whole budget of our, our thing on, on keep it. So now I own that suit along with a pair of Tom Ford loafers that you're, that you're seeing me wearing that. Um, so I ended up walking away with those for free. Um, I've re-gifted the loafers to a, to a dear friend in New York. Um, but yeah, and I wish I could tell you who made that, made that suit, but it's like a, it's a really cool old suit from I think the thirties. Um, yeah. And it's got some, some, a little, a, a wider leg to it. Um, which I think I pull off. Is that the weirdest thing in your wardrobe? No. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, oof. I have a leather. I have a. I have a green suede waistcoat that has. Yeah, I bought it at a shop called Trivets in Cincinnati, which is one of those shops that it's like uh, you go in the basement and there's. There, you know, it smells like patchouli and everything else. And there's weird stuff down there. You know, it's all, it was like an old, it's a famous Cincinnati old thrift store. I don't know if it's still run by old hippies slash motorcycle club, you know, like the stuff in the basement was, was strange. Um, anyway, uh, I, I have a vest from that basement, a, a, a green suede vest from the, from definitely from the sixties that was, um, had seen a lot of, lot of, lot of action. Amazing. Uh, Samantha Blovitz asks, in the Distant Axis video, what was the strangest thing that Tom and Chris dropped on you? Well, the, the, the Tom's VHS copy of Predator is the thing that nearly broke my nose. Um, um, what else? I had him, I had him dropping um, things that were totally unnecessary. I'm like, you know, at one point I had them drop a bunch of Domino magazines on me. And I'm like, oh, drop these Domino magazines because they're up because I was, and they're like, this is stupid. And I, yeah. Um, so there were a lot of things that were dropped on me that we never used. Um, um, and a lot of things that I asked them to drop on me that they rightfully didn't because um, um, it would have been probably really dangerous. But uh, it was just supposed to be just kind of 
whatever you know is is all the crap that is sort of that Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, like her whole life spinning around her inside the tornado. That's what we tried to do, um, but we didn't we didn't pull that off. So we did that other thing, <laughs> which it's is the, the painful thing. <laughs> is that um, there's quite a few people asking which do you prefer, red wine or white wine? Because you're a lover of wine, right? I, I am a lover of wine. Um, I, I drink less wine than I used to, um, just because of all the sugar and 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 that's, um, it's it's like you know, drinking wine is kind of like, you know, yeah, it's like drinking a two liter of Pepsi sometimes with all that sugar and stuff. So, but white, I do, I, I kind of like white on the rocks. I'm very much, you know, I I definitely drink like a suburban soccer mom, you know, I'm sneaking it to, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, just watching Bridget Jones's diary. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I, I, I've often referred to. Um, I drink what I call a Cincinnati sangria, which is just shitty wine over over ice, you know, um, in a straw. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered a drink over lockdown. Have you ever had um, a bourbon spritz? Well, yeah, bourbon sodas. That sounds great. Just like like a little bourbon and and like l lemon and a little sparkling water. No, no, this, what you... is, this is an Aperol spritz, an Aperol spritz, but topped up with oh. two fingers of whiskey. Awesome! Like you can't, you can't yeah. taste the whiskey, but you can feel it. Yeah, well, Aperol spritzes are is that's those are always a big national. Um, the 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 Desners and Ben Lands, um, who plays trombone, they've all it's Aperol spritzes um, every night. But uh, but uh, yeah, I like a, I like a bourbon soda or like a tequila soda. You know, oh, yeah. something light. I like I like summer drinks, like a Tom Collins. That's a good drink. Um, Katie Anderson wants to know, what's the best gig you've ever attended? Best gig I've ever attended? Mm. Oh, boy. I mean, there, there are, oh, God, there are so many amazing gigs. I mean, I, I mean, there, 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 there's a, uh, there's a Guided by Voices, there are a couple of Guided by Voices gigs that, that, that just, I remember, just, I left thinking, you know, being changed. There are um, strokes gigs that I remember. There's a Radiohead gig that was in in um, New York and in, in the in Jersey in a park. Um, this was pre 9/11, so because I remember you could the, the towers were behind you. That was Radiohead was incredible there. Uh, there's there's been a handful. I mean, there's a Nick Cave show I saw. I think at, at Beacon Theater. Um, I think I also saw Tom Waits at Beacon Theater. Once that where he was just stomping around, he had like white flour on the thing, and it was just creating like the, the simplest effects, just some lights, and just he'd stomp on the stage and it would create this like dust around his feet, and that was all he had to do. And yeah, I don't know, they could go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, Mark Nichols asks, as someone who is just about to start on a creative project with their brother, do you have any advice on your work with Tom as to how to not kill each other? I mean, working with when you work with really close family and really or really close friends on something like that, it, it um, it's always a really dangerous. It's a really tricky thing because you because especially with something like art that everyone is really emotionally involved with. You know, if you're out there cutting grass with your with your brother or something like that, it's easier. You know, but when you're making something that's that's if it's an art project with, you know, with family or even with close friends, it's going to be emotional. And so I guess just, um, 
you wouldn't want to be making something if it wasn't emotional and you're and you're making it with your brother because probably you want to be that emotional with somebody that you feel safe being that emotional with so making art with really close friends or family is a good idea but it is you know it'll get it'll get hot and 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 just respect that 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 um that thing um michael stipe told us the national like remember you were friends first you know and um that was one of the things that we always we do remind ourselves, I remind myself of that a lot, you know, um, any both time, remember you were brothers first, you know, <laughs> um, whatever that means. I, I recommend it, but, um, go into it knowing that it's, that is, it'll probably, it, it's intense, you know. Uh, Captriona Swindles wants to know, did you pick up any new habits during lockdown? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's a habit. I've been doing a little bit of fishing. Um, I haven't been doing any catching of fish, but I've been <laughs> attempting to catch fish. Um, um, you know, I, I was I, I found a lot of like I, I've I've found a lot of fun just getting in the car and 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 just just cruising around town, you know, and, and just listening to the radio in, in the car because um, you really can't go into places too much. Um, that um, a lot of day drinking isn't you know is a whole new thing for me no um <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 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 I, I i have picked up um some crutches <clears throat> um mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> what's the next question um louis 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 dale asks um, are there any other artists you have plans to work with? I remember reading that there may have been a collaboration with Ben Howard. I think it was a national thing. And also Lana says she'd love to write a song with you. Did you, did you read that? I did read that. Um, I, 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 Lana asked me to, 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 to perform with her once too, um, but it was, in the mid, it was somewhere in the Midwest and I couldn't do it. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, I've been... I've been I, I'm I'm actually actively writing with a lot of different people, a lot of a lot of like a bucket list people. Um not really bucket list people, but just opportunities to just talk about songs with a bunch of really interesting people. People like um which I I don't know if we're ever gonna write a song together, but people like Amy Mann and Roseanne Cash and even Julian Gasablancas have been kind of connecting with a little bit. I don't know. Um He's one of my favorite songwriters. I would really love to write a song um, with Eric Bachman um, from Arches of Loaf and, and Crooked Fingers. He's one of my favorites. Um, um, yeah, I have a lot of people I'd love to, to work with. I don't know. It's, it's anytime I, anytime I, I, I've been, I'm working with, with anybody, I, it's always really fun. Um, I'm, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot, there's a bunch of people that I've been writing with and, and, and hope to write with and continue to write with and, um um yeah there's this kim gordon in the rain you know song which 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 i just it'd be fun fun to have her um on it um or i mean it doesn't matter maybe she should be on a different song and somebody else but uh yeah i don't know i have a lot of wish lists and stuff like that you know i i would love to hang out with tom waits i would love to hang out with tom waits for for an hour but not really because i don't want to like my 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 imagination, my fantasy of what Tom Waits is, and, and, and um, is I'm sure um, so much more more specific. And Tom could never live up to it, you know. Um, so I kind of don't want to like. Uh, 
there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that I've had these opportunities to meet where I'm just a little, I backed away from because I kind of, I want them to stay that thing they are, like Nick Cave. I don't want to, and, and, and Bruce Springsteen and, and all these people, I don't want to, I don't want to break the spell, yeah. you know? You know what I mean? Have you seen Coffee and Cigarettes? I, I imagine, I want Tom Waits to be how he is in Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah. Even Iggy Pop's or fishing with John Lurie. There's those things where he's just he's just out there, and he and John Lurie are sitting in the boat. Um, John Lurie from Lounge Lizards. That's an, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. And like Down by Law, Jim Jarmusch is Down by Law. You know, is just with Roberto Benigni and John Lurie and Tom Waits is just like one of those just incredible American films. And he's just so he's so funny. I, I love I love that Tom Waits does these films and like nick nick cave does i don't know if nick nick cave has acted he's been in movies before too but he's like written movies yeah I, I like i like those david bowie was doing everything you know i like that i like i like that lady gaga you know and and i like i like not that i want to be in a movie but i i like when people branch out barbara streisand you know it's like that's cool that's really cool i mean i think moonstruck is one of my favorite films of all time oh yeah Cher's performance in Moonstruck is one of the greatest cinematic, you know, that's one of the greatest movies of all time. And that's Cher, you know, it's like, that's cool as hell. Love it. That, that scene where she's carrying, where he's carrying Cher is like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything about that movie. Danny Aiello is so brilliant in that movie. That's a great movie. Um, I think we have time for one last question. So let's see. Who's it going to be? Who is it? Let's go back to Louie Louie. Nothing heavy. Not too heavy. Is there anybody still there? <laughs> There's quite a lot of people here. Um, do you have a favorite poet? No. Um, not because um, I, I, it's, I, I actually don't know poetry as well to, to even have a favorite. You know, I dabble. John Berryman and Robert Lowell and Elizabeth Bishop. Um, yeah, you know, Walt Whitman, you know, are, are, are poets that I've read. Um, and, uh, yeah, those, those, those four are my favorite <laughs> because they're the ones I've kind of read a little bit, but I've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a Philistine when it comes to, uh, poetry for, to be honest. Thank you very much. Cheers guys. Cheers.